join me as we uh, pray. Father, I thank you for a, uh, a great day to be in your house, to uh, be able to preach and proclaim your word. I pray right now that you speak through me. Father, that we'd all have ears to hear and hearts that uh, just long to obey whatever it is that you show us today, Father. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning. I'm glad that my flight was not late from the north side of the Ruston, so, I, so that I'm not late this morning. I want to apologize real quick. Um, I put on Facebook uh, that the first 500 people today that showed up would get an air horn and a big oversized foam finger. Uh, those did not come in, so I apologize for that. I thought that would have been neat, especially in this service. Um, so I want to, along that same line, I want to talk about what are your expectations this morning for our time together? What are your expectations? We all have expectations. Some of you may be very sad about the air horn not being here. We all bring into a service like this expectations, okay? And a lot of us, we come here every Sunday with maybe sort of a built-in idea of what success is on a Sunday morning. Um, there is a, uh, there's a little saying in leadership, and it goes like this, define the win, define the win. So you can imagine if you are leading a group of people and you decide that, you know, you're not going to define the win, well, what happens? People take it upon themselves. Matter of fact, studies have shown that when you as a leader do not define the win, the individuals in the group will take it upon themselves to define the win. So in this context that we're in today, if we don't define the win for the preaching in this service, then all of you will define the win uh, for yourselves. And so as many people as we have here, we may have expectations about, you know, well, what's the win? And so what we want to do today, what I want to do today is go and let's define the win for our time together, biblically, right? So we want to see what the Bible says, to ha- see what it says. And so we're going to be in, uh, in James uh, chapter 1, verse 22 through 25. All right, and so we're going to read this, but... But kind of pay attention to sort of what the win is, and we'll, we'll look at it. Um, pastor, pastor James here is, he's pastor of First Baptist Jerusalem. I don't know if, know if you knew that. It was actually the First Baptist Church ever. And so Pastor James is trying to lead his people and, and show them what, what God expects. Uh, I don't know if any, many of you know this. You might, since you're smart. James is actually the half-brother to Jesus. So half-brother because... You know, same mama, different daddy. So, just a little, little knowledge there in case you didn't know that. <clears throat> Let's read it and we'll, we'll get into what we're going to talk about. So, James 1, 22 through 25. <clears throat> but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. That's important. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Verse 25 says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, 
and perseveres, being not a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in all his doing. He'll be blessed in all his doing. All right, so what's the win? What's the win for us here today? And by the way, every Sunday, that we would do what? Hear the word and do the word. Hear the word and do the word. So if you, if you think about this principle, I really want to drill this home. I really want to drill this home. So it, like at home, when I'm wanting, when I have something that I think my kids need to learn or something that I need to learn, I'll write it down. So beside our TV, we have this saying, okay, because we all know as parents, around the TV tends to be the most selfish area in the house, right? So I have, I, my kids made a little sign, and it says, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? And so I'm trying to drill that into them because, and put it by the TV because that's where they're not, actually never thinking about that. And so when Tara and my wife and I, we're, we're working on supper and trying to get ready, you know, and the kids are just like zombies at the TV, you know, I'll yell out, hey, what can I do to help? And they're oh, dad, hey, dad, wh- wh- what can I do to help? Or sometimes I'm even impressed. They'll come and ask that question on their own. That's the win right there, right? When they come on their own and say, hey, hey Dad, what what can I do to help? And so today, I really want to drill this this in. Matter of fact, I want to kind of divide our sanctuary down the middle right here. And to the left over here, you guys are hear the word. And to the right of center over here, even all the way up into there, you guys are do the word. So let's try. We'll go, we're over here, we're hear the word. And over here, we're do the word. Okay, I'm going to call on y'all. We're going to do this like 50 times so I can like, we can drill it. All right. Okay, so we'll look again at verse 22. Let's look at James 1.22. Okay, and it says, be doers of the word. We're going to look at the, at the end of this and not hearers. There's our motto, deceiving yourselves. So what's James saying here? Okay. If we don't hear the word and do the word, guess what? We're deceiving ourselves. Now, self-deception by its very nature is what? It's deceiving. It's hard to see, right? So I go, uh, I, I see Zach up there. I go and get my haircut at Zach's. And so the other day I was in there getting hat. He's got a bird's eye view of my head, right? And so he's looking at it. He's like, Jeremy, I think your hair is starting to turn colors. I was like, what are you talking about, Zach? I think some of it's actually starting to turn loose. And so I'm like, no, that can't be. That can't be. But hey, I realize I'm getting older. I'm not self-deceived. It doesn't bother me. You know, just cut it shorter. It doesn't matter. And so, but just by self-deception, by its very nature, it's hard to see. So we all know that guy, man, he's just a jerk. And you're like, why can't he see that he's a jerk? Maybe he's self-deceived. You know, the problem is we're all blind to our own blindness. That's the nature of, of self-deception. We're all blind to our own blindness. And so James here is saying, listen, if you think you can just come to church Sunday after Sunday, hear God's word being preached, but don't do it, you're self-deceived. Every single Sunday we come in and do that, we're self-deceived because we think we're winning with God. And God said, no, the win is what? To hear the word. To hear the word and do the word. Yeah. Okay? 
All right, let's go. So Pastor, Pastor Paul, uh, Pastor um, James here, I'll say Paul, James, Pastor James here, the master pastor, is going to give us an illustration of what this looks like, okay? He's going to use the mirror, okay? So let's go to, let's go to James. I knew it was going to do that. Y'all pray for me with this thing. It's, it is the devil, if you've ever tried to. Zach knows what I'm talking about. Okay, let's go to verse, uh, what is it, 23 and 24. So, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, guess what? He's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a what? In a mirror. In verse 24, it says, For he looks at himself and and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. So what's the purpose of a mirror? I don't want to blind anybody here. What's the purpose of a mirror? It, it basically, it reveals truth, right? So it, it, it casts an image of exactly whatever it is that's being put in front of that mirror. So mirrors, mirrors don't lie, right? And so James is saying here, listen, the God of Word is just like that. So we come in here every Sunday, and guess what? We're given a mirror. I don't know if any of you know that. You've got a bulletin and a mirror, Right? You, you may not realize that. Every time we come in here on Sunday morning, we sit and Chris preaches God's word and then the mirror comes up. And then we get to see ourselves for really how God sees us. And so that's a gift, really, if we think about it. Guys, we, we need some truth. We need some truth in our life. There's so many things out there that are telling us that we're a lot better than we actually are. And so God's word is a, is a mirror um, okay, so this is a safe place. Let's, let's, have, a little, let's have a little frank talk. And I, I'll be honest, okay, because this applies to me too. How many of us have come in here on a Sunday morning? We've heard God's word preached. The mirror has come up. We see ourselves, what God's trying to show us. You know, we feel convicted. And then we walk out of here having done nothing with what we've seen. Is that, has anybody ever done that? This is a safe place. It's safe. We can, let's not be self-deceived, right? I have done that so many times, I don't even want to think about it. Okay? All right, so let's go to, uh, I, you know, we talked about defining the win. I want to go and look at three ways that we attempt to define the win for our time together, each and every Sunday. So remember we said if we don't define the win biblically, then we're going to define the win ourselves. The first one is this, the win of attendance. The win of attendance, okay? The win of attendance say, hey, I'm here. That's the win. Like, I'm, I'm here. Like, every Sunday, I am here. You know, and, and we think that God's up there just, you know, pumping his fist, saying, oh, yeah, he's here. He's here again. Okay? Listen, I don't want to put any burden. I, let me clarify this right here. If you're here and you're visiting today, or you're just kind of dipping your toes back into church, maybe you had a bad experience and you're coming back today, we are so, so glad that you're here. Really, we are. We want you to meet Jesus if you're not a Christian. We want you to bapt- be baptized, join the church. Chris always says, hey, we want to make you better, but you, we want you to make us better. And so I don't want to put any undue burden on anyone who's here who's just kind of 
you know, checking Jesus out or easing back into the church. But guys, for, for, for those of us who, are, who have been Christians, let me press a little bit. God's not excited about you just being here, okay? Attendance is a good thing, but it's not the best thing. What's the best thing? That we would hear the word, do the word, right? Okay, that's the win. Okay, so the win of attendance. The next one is the win of, of knowledge. The win of knowledge, okay? Uh, as I was preparing the sermon, this kind of, you know, this kind of felt, made me feel bad. I didn't really like it. So I was like, you know, looking in the mirror, and I didn't like what I saw. Um, seminary student, about to graduate, loves knowledge, you know, biblical truth and all that. But that's not the win, you know, knowledge is a good thing, but it's not the best thing, is it? And so we want to come and soak up everything. And, and generally what we do when the mirror pops up and we see ourselves for who we are, you know, Chris is, Chris is just preaching the sermon, you know, we're sitting here and, and he always has good truth, good biblical truth. And we get excited about it if you're the knowledge person, okay? And then we look in the mirror and they're like, oh, what we want to do, at least what I want to do, is I want to flip that mirror around. I want to go show somebody, hey, this is what I learned today, and I really think maybe you could benefit from this, right? That's what, the, that's what us knowledge people do. We want to share how much we know, right? So knowledge is good, but knowledge for knowledge's sake, is, it's not the win, right? What's the win? That we hear the word and do the word. I'm, just, I'm drilling it, okay? I'm drilling it. All right, so what's the next win? The win of emotions. The win of emotions. Okay, this is, emotions is not a bad thing. Matter of fact, it's a good thing. But if it's the only thing, it's not the win, right? The win of emotions. Now, this is kind of tricky. So we want to come and we want to be spiritually moved and feel like we've had an encounter with God and maybe if we, you know, if we can have a tear form in the corner of our eyes, well, that's just icing on the cake right there. Right? And God's saying, it's, it's great. I, you know, I want to move you, but you've got to do something about what it is that I'm showing you. Right? Amen? Okay? Now, there's this other awkward thing that happens, and it's kind of awkward. I see this with a lot of guys. I don't know if women, you struggle with this, but we somehow, we come on Sunday mornings, and we think if we've been made to feel guilty, then that's good. That's a spiritual encounter with God. And he's like, hey, as long as I made you feel guilty, that's good. And so somehow we've adopted, we're, we've been self-deceived, thinking that an encounter with God is just us feeling guilty, and then we're good to go to Ryan's and go eat, right? And God's saying, you're missing it, you're missing it. Emotions is a good thing, but it's not the best thing. It's not what I have for you. Why don't you take that emotion, why don't you take that guilt and actually do something with it, Okay? So emotions is not the win. Hearing the word, hearing the word, and doing the word is the win. Okay? All right? So we know the win. We know how we've been self-deceived. What's the game plan? What's the game plan for next Sunday? Okay? I would, and this is what I'm going to do personally, so I'm preaching to myself, because I'll let you know uh, and this is a little disappointing for me, but I th- I'm just being honest. I have been all three of these things in the same service, right? 
So I'm just happy I showed up. And then I'm, well, I'm looking for some knowledge. And then, boy, if I could just feel a little emotions, and that was, I could just check all those boxes, and that would be good. And then walk out of here self-deceived, not having done anything with, I'm just, we're, you know, if we can't be real in church, where can we be real, right? Okay, so the win is hear the word, do the word. What's the game plan for next Sunday? We need to confess to God through prayer, hey, God, I'm sorry. I've, I've been a knowledge guy. I've been a knowledge guy. Okay, and I've been content to hear your truth and do nothing with it. Or, you know, I'm just happy to show up, God. Repent to God of whatever way we've been self-deceived. Identify it. Like for me, I'm going to have to hit all three categories. I'm just being, you know, just being honest. The second thing, okay, all you knowledge people are going to love this. Uh, the rest of you might. We need to take notes, okay? And I know some of you are whoa. Easy now. But if you think about it, I always think about note-taking like this. Um, if we were to go to the pharmacy, we've got three prescriptions that we're going to get filled. Okay? And the pharmacist walked up and said, okay, here's your prescriptions. Now this one, you better take on an empty stomach because it will not work if you don't. Okay? This one right here, take at night because it will make you sleepy. And this other one right here, you better eat something. Believe me, I know. You better eat something before you take this. And they just sent you on your way. You'd be like, whoa, how about something in writing? I'm not, there's no way I can remember this. And what if the pharmacist says, oh, yeah, you'll remember. You'll figure it out. No, that, that would be crazy. And so they write it out, you know, in big letters and, and warnings and, and all kinds of things like that. But yet we see that rationale at the pharmacy. But when we come to church and we hear, man, God's word preached to us and and we look at ourselves in the mirror, right? But yet we don't write anything down, right? And so James says later on, hey, you, you forget. So you have this conviction and you don't do anything with it because you didn't write it down. I always, always, I'm not, you know, I'm not bragging on myself, but this is just something I've done. I always carry a notebook with me when I come to church, okay? And Chris always has good notes and makes it easy, so I'll write those things down. And then what I do is just go on Wednesday and, and about, you know, halfway through the week, and I take a little assessment of how I've been doing with what I heard on Sunday. Right? That, that just sounds good, practical stuff. So we don't forget. Okay? And then the third thing is, how about some accountability? Okay? We're the church. Right? We're the church. And so we come together and we worship um, guys, men, y'all are near and dear to my heart. What if you came to your wife and said, you know what? I felt convicted about something on Sunday. I don't know if you did, but I'd like you to hold me accountable for that. And then once your wife got up off the floor because she fell out and fainted, she would say, man, that is a great idea. You know what? God spoke to me too. Why don't we pray for one another? Okay. Let me go on a little rant right here, just, just, just for a minute. Okay, we are a highlight real society, right? A highlight real society. So you can look on Facebook and you can see what everybody's doing, okay? And they're eating filet mignon and they're taking a picture of it, right? And so you're, you're watching everybody's highlight reel. What that does is that builds a false sense of how things really are. 
Okay? And so we gotta, everybody's got a front that we've got to put up, a veneer of how things really are. And so it, you know, it, there's, there's no way that we can come and be real in church because everybody's looking at everybody else's life on Facebook and Instagram. I'm preaching now. Okay? Well, let's just let's set the veneer down and be vulnerable before one another and just say, hey, I'm struggling. I am struggling with this. Help me. Man, we're the world's worst. We think we got it all figured out, or at least we got to, you know, put on like we do. And God created the church so we wouldn't have to do life alone. Okay? I'm finished with that. That's just something that's passionate to me. Okay? I don't even remember where I, where I was at now. Okay, uh, the last verse in James, I believe it's 25. Okay? If we'll come here on Sundays, hear the word, right? Hear the word and do the word, God will hold up his end of the bargain. What is this? But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, it'll set you free. It's appropriate on Memorial Day weekend. And perseveres, that means we're not just going to do this this Sunday, okay? Guys, just, you know, Next Sunday, the proof will be in the pudding on this sermon, right? So we don't have to think about it until next Sunday. And I hope that we've drilled it enough where, hear the word, do the word. Okay, I'm going to get here. All right, Chris, let's go. I'm going to hear the word, do the word, baby. Right? And perseveres, being not a hearer, a hearer who forgets. I'm going to take notes. I'm going to take notes because this is important. It's just like the pharmacy. I might die. A hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. Okay? God's saying, do something with what I'm showing you. Do something, or you're self-deceived. I've got a mirror here, I'm showing you. Do something about it. Okay? Let's move to, uh, I, I always like to go to Jesus, so just to make sure that we know that what we're talking about. Jesus is always good. He's always a good, solid guy to go to. Jesus had the same, had the same thing in Matthew 7, 24 through 25. Um, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them, hear and do, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Guess what? The rains are going to come, verse 25. And the flood came, and the winds blew, beat on the house, but it did not fall. Because it had been what? Founded on the rock. Okay? So my dad, mom and dad, they built a house several years ago. And I remember my dad telling me this story. He said, see, before they built his slab, he, he built a house pad like we do. Okay? And he brought in uh, clay mixed with iron ore rock. Right? Because, you know, he, he understands that your house, your house um, foundation has to be correct. And so I remember him saying that the plumber was out there. They were plumbing the sewer before they, uh, before they uh, poured the slab. And so the plumber was out there. He said, I have never dug in such hard ground in all of my life. Okay? It's hard to build a foundation on rock. But guess what? Once you get it there, it will be there. Right? Amen? Okay, so, what, so what are we going to do? We've got the game plan. 
We're going to pray. We're going to take notes. We're going to uh, seek others, you know, to walk alongside of us. And God says, I'll hold my end of the deal up. Let's go back to, uh, let's go back to 25. We'll look at that again. Uh, James, 25. Uh, James, there we go. All right, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and being perseveres, being not a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. And then the end, is that it? Got one more? What, what happens to them? Okay. Anyway, I'll tell you, they become happy. Okay? The word he actually uses is... Uh, Anyway, he, yeah, blessed, thank you, blessed, blessed. We, don't, we like that word blessed, but I like the word happy because if we'll do that, we'll be happy, okay? So let's do that. Next Sunday, we come in here, you know, we all sit in the same places because we're good Baptists, but let's sit in those same places having the idea that we're going to hear God's word and then we're going to do it, okay? Now, I want to... Uh, I want to finish off with really, really, really the most important thing. And this is what James really gets at in verse 1. And that is, the, and that is this. Uh, all, of ver- I mean, all of chapter 1 is basically James saying, this is how you know that you're saved, my church. First Baptist Jerusalem, this is how you know that you're saved. Okay? And he hits a bunch of different things like suffering and, and being generous and all that. But here he's saying... If the consistent pattern of your life is that you come to church, hear God's word, but never do anything about it, if that's, if that's the consistent pattern of your life, then James would say, you're not saved. Okay? I, I didn't say that. Okay? James said that. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So we believe this comes from God. All right? Remember, I always like to go back to Jesus. Let's go to John. 831. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide, that word abide means hang out, sort of marinate in. You know, do. It's like, it's like hearing and doing. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. Okay, how about John 14, 15? This is a consistent pattern here. If you love me, you'll do what? You'll keep my commandments. You'll come to church on Sunday ready to hear God's word so that you can do what it says. And then John 15, 14. Oh, don't we want to be Jesus' friends? Right? You are my friends if you do what I command you. Seems pretty straightforward to Jesus. I want to say it one more time. If we look into the mirror on Sundays, God's word reveals the truth to us. But the consistent pattern of our life is we're like, oh, yeah, I see that. But yet we go and do nothing about it. If that's the consistent pattern of your life, Jesus would say, you don't belong to me. You don't know me as Lord and Savior. So this morning, the invitation is kind of twofold. For those of us who are Christians, but we fall into those three categories that I mentioned, you know, we're, we're okay to just to come, or we're, 
we're all about knowledge or we just want an emotional experience. Hey, I've been there. We need to confess and repent of that. The altar will be open for that. But more seriously and more important, guys, if you're in here and, and, you know, you just kind of take that as a sign of of spiritual well-being, okay, Or, or not, right? The good thing is, the altar is open for that. You can come down today, realize that. I, I hope for anybody in here who is not a Christ follower that, that, that the Holy Spirit is just, you know, just pouring it on you with this mirror. That's our prayer as a church. And so Wayne is going to come, and we're going to have a, a time of invitation Guys, invitation is hearing God's word and doing. Did you know that? So we don't have to wait till we get out of here to do God's word. If God's prompting you right now to come down and repent of anything, the altar is open. If he's coming right now, if he's telling you, hey, you know.